Welcome to Game Changing Minds, brought to you by Oslo Business Forum in collaboration with Huawei. In this podcast, we will talk to game changers and hear their thoughts on topics like innovation, technology, leadership, and women in tech. My name is Siri Bashum. Welcome to the Game Changing Minds. In this season, we are changing it up a little bit. So over the next 10 episodes, we will get to know some game-changing minds and hear their thoughts on topics like innovation, technology, leadership, and women in tech. So if you're looking for actionable tools that can help your career to be inspired and to learn, or even to join the tech industry, or just want to listen to great stories, then this is the podcast for you. And speaking about women in tech, so today I am so lucky that I am joined by Christine Hoffernes and Øystein Eriksen Søreide, two great minds that share the same passion, a passion for diversity or even diversifying the tech industry. So thank you both for joining me today. So before we get deeper into your passions, I really want to get to know you a little bit more. So we'll start with you, Christina. You're the co-founder of the Uda Tech Network. You sit on several boards and you even have 14 years of experience from different roles in Microsoft, last director of customer and partner experiences. I love great experiences, but before we get to that, who are you really? That's a big question, Siri. I know. <laughs> you don't have to um, take a long, long answer, but just very quickly, who are you? I think what I've come to learn about myself is that the, um, the most important for me is to learn, which is probably why I spent 14 years at Microsoft, because the development there uh, of the how we got measured and the organizational culture, it, it really came to be all about growth mindset. And I recently took this test uh, actually in an um, UDA networking event that we had. And it turns out most of us, including me, aren't that growth mindset able as we think we are. But it's something that I really love and really want to develop within. So I think that's kind of the core of who I am. I love learning. So, so what is it that you, um, I often ask that in uh, interviews, what is the last thing that you learned? The last thing that I learned was actually in Nordefjell yesterday. There was this really, really old old guy that uh, uh, looked at me doing the cross-country skiing. I don't know the word in English, actually. The stocking, you know, where you put both your poles and you pull yourself forward. And he uh, had some really good tips on that. So that was the last thing I learned. And it, it was amazing, you know. Amazing, <laughs> Just a huge, small trick. Yeah, huge yeah. difference. And so it's often about those small, and that's what we talk about in Amesta, where I work today as well. It's often about these small levers yeah. that we really need to find that can make all the difference. Tell us about Amesto. Not everyone knows about that company. So Amesto is, uh, you know, contrary to Microsoft, which is, you know, everybody knows and is huge and, and uh, many, many thousand employees. Amesto is, is um, uh, a Norwegian company, but it is now uh, both in the Nordics and, and global. And it's, it's a family owned company by the Spando uh, uh, family an old family business and are with the emphasis on both accounting, but also in the tech 
uh, space where where I am, and where it's all about, especially now, people, planet, and and profit, and which has been kind of a very important north star, especially in the in the year that we have, uh, just uh, or, or actually in the these times that we are in, but all about tech and business technology. Do you like it? I really, really enjoy it. I really enjoy uh, working for a purpose-driven company, purpose-driven owners. It's also super inspiring to be working at Corp, where not all the major strategies are made somewhere else across the Atlantic. And you're uh, able to make all the mistakes, and but also, of course, uh, adjust and work together with people to find both strategies and also down into the operations. So the whole, the whole width. Yeah, the whole value, the whole value chain. Um, I want to hear more about Amestu, um, but maybe not today. But um, let's go back to Uda. You founded Uda while you worked at Microsoft. Is that correct? Why? Why did you? Why did you do this? Well, we were actually, I think we were five women attending the Microsoft Women's Conference back in 2005. So it's quite some years ago. Uh, and we were super inspired and we, we thought, you know, uh, technology is really the space to be. And yet we were like, why do we have so few female colleagues? And around the same time, there was this survey that had been published in the, in the UK uh, this analysis that said that it was really a glass ceiling. It was horrible for women in tech in the workspace. And we were like, well, we didn't feel like that. And we wanted to investigate the situation in Norway. And so we did together with ICT Norway. And we arranged the first Inspiration Day in 2006, uh, where we had several ministers and really great speakers. And after that, we had so many, so much feedback from women saying, you know, I'm totally alone in IT where I work. I, I really need a, either a mentor or I really miss having a network. And so that's why Uda was founded. That's cool. Today, do you think there are too many female networks? Well, you can just look at the numbers that, that tell you that, you know, we're not yeah, nearly there yet. So absolutely not. And I think, you know, maybe we have more formal networks, but I think what, what we can learn from our uh, male friends is to network all the time and not just in the, in the formal networks. So what is the most impactful change that Uda has contributed with within your mind? Like, what, what do you think and why is that? Well, I think on the one hand, I think we have really contributed to a lot of organizations seeing that, well, we actually have to focus on this to be competitive with regards to talent. Uh, so we have, for example, seen a doubling of a uh, number of partners from 25 to 50 just over the last years. So that's, and, and, and we also see that, that they are pushed to, to focus on it and not just the gender space, but on, on diversity and inclusion as a whole. So that's one aspect. And then on the other hand, we have so many amazing stories from our mentor programs and also from members who had opportunities that they had never had if it hadn't been for being in the network. And I can say for myself, I work at Amesto because of Uda. And one of my sales managers also had her, uh, got the opportunity uh, at Amesto because of Uda. So we have many, many examples of 
uh, opportunities, but we we don't really have numbers on it. So, but that's actually a good idea. Maybe we should check. Yeah, maybe. So I think uh, we have one more guest. You've been extremely patient, Eustein, uh, <laughs> uh, and and also as a previous politician, not having interrupted us at all. You have been a city mayor, member of the standing committee within health and social services in the Oslo municipality. That's always a very yeah, difficult... The, the uh, city of Oslo, yes. City of Oslo, yes. yeah. Um, you've been district director for Grorodalen district in Oslo, and you're now the CEO of Abelia. Before we go into you, for those of you that of us that don't know Abelia, can you tell us a little bit more? Knowledge and technology? Yes. Uh, so thank you for having me, and uh, it's very nice to, to have this opportunity. Abelia is a trade and uh, employ- employers uh, organization or association, and it's uh, a member of NHO. Uh, which is uh, the Norwegian uh, Association for Enterprise. Uh, the, the for I mean the the over overarching uh, representative of Norwegian business and industry actually. So we are part of that, but we organize companies, enterprises that focus on technology and competence. So we have about two and a half thousand uh, member companies with a total number of uh, employees, close to sixty thousand employees. So wow. that's who we are, and yeah. we work of course with policy we work with the communication trying to focus on certain aspects of these industries and we have different uh, ways of contributing to the to, to this industry and and being um, a politician then obviously you are previous politician previous politician yes. like so um, i would say that things usually go very slowly in politics how do you feel that there is a difference between working in the business environment that you do today and and politics. You're right that, of course, processes in politics can be quite long, especially if you're looking at on a national level when it comes to changing or making new laws. Obviously, these processes take and probably should take some time. Uh, Of course, it's uh, it's, uh, vibrant, it's exciting to be closer to sort of the the business action and see where our members have their daily challenges, uh, obviously. So I I like that. I like this this balance. And of course, with uh, the last year that we have behind us with the corona pandemic, uh, we have also seen that some political processes can be very quick when they have to. So I it's, know, it's, I think so, that's very yeah, interesting, yeah. yeah. But but did you learn to be patient or is that a natural gift that you have? I guess I'm probably quite patient by nature, uh, but I spent some time in my, in my uh, younger days in Africa. For instance, I lived in Uganda also in, in 1988 and speaking about technology, I've seen sort of the, I, I think of the big changes that we see at that time, which doesn't seem that f- long ago, actually. I spoke with my parents on the phone once in the period of a whole year. Today, of course, we would Skype and talk. And, and so the, the, the world has become a much smaller place. But being far away from home in a different environment over a longer time and of course working with some challenges that also take time i guess that has added to my patience but i I guess i'm also quite patient by by nature so africa that's interesting what do you um what did you learn there that you kind of appreciate the most or that you you take uh back 
Of course, the first time we lived in Africa, I was 12 years old, 12, 13 years old. You are exposed to different, a different world, literally, to different challenges, to different ways of living. Of course, that, that made a big impression on, on a young boy and a, a big impact, I, I guess. But also then seeing that it is possible to, to make a difference. It is possible to push change, I guess, has also inspired me. So I have done very different things in my career. But at the core has been a willingness or a desire to push change and to try and make the world perhaps a slightly better place through what we do. And, and I guess that is something, at least a value that I have with me from also that African experience where I saw that it is possible to change the world somehow. Mm. I've heard you say that uh, without women, Africa would uh, slowly stop moving. Yes. What do you mean by that? In my first job, I worked for the international charity CARE, CARE International. They are particularly oriented towards women and the, the role and the impact women have in development. And anyone who has traveled in, uh, in Africa have seen the, the power and the role of the African woman and how important she is to take care of the family, run the business. I mean, there are so many things that would unfortunately stop, at least that would at that time uh, in, when I lived in Africa. Well, hopefully things have changed slightly for the better in many places, but I think this, is, uh, this was a, a key takeaway also from, from that experience. Mm. It takes us kind of to, to what we're here to talk about today, about why companies need both male and female tech talents. Mm. And today we are we know that uh, we don't have as many female tech talents in the industry as we maybe uh, would like to see. And everyone keeps on saying that diversity drives innovation and profitability. And I just wonder, how is that so? Like, do we have real proof of that? Or is it just something where we're just walking around saying, Christina? Yes, there are so I'm so glad you're asking that question, Sirio. <laughs> and luckily, we don't have to answer that question at Oda so often anymore, because a lot of people have seen those studies and have seen the results even for themselves in their own organizations. But yes, there are studies. There are studies from Nordea, from, from Quantopian, from BCG that uh, link gender diversity and diversity in a greater context directly to uh, results, to share price and to innovation. It's actually directly correlated to innovation. And if that's something that we need today, I guess that's it. So if you listen to this podcast and you still don't believe it, like where can they read about this? Is there anywhere they can find this? Um... Absolutely. They can check out uh, the BCG uh, study on innovation. They could check out the Quantopian S&P 500 study, or they could check out Credit Suisse CS Gender 3000 report. That's a little bit older. And then they could check out the Nordea uh, report on gender balance. Perfect. But still, there are so many men going around now saying, oh, I'm so sick and tired of listening to this. Um, women are getting a, an advantage and this is so unfair. <laughs> How is it to be a man? And then at the same time, having to stand up for something you believe in? 
I can relate to, to, to what you're referring to. Sometimes, especially if you're a white man around 50, you, you are overrepresented represented in most contexts. So, so, but then when it hits you, Uh, that someone else has to maybe maybe take the place before you. It it hurts a little bit, uh, of course. And uh, I guess uh, many many men also may say that oh we heard this so so long. But still, the fact of the matter is that we are not there yet. Yeah, why why uh, is that? Uh, yeah, it, I think there are probably several good good reasons. One being, of course, uh, that it starts already in school, even maybe in kindergarten. I mean, uh, what boys and, and girls do, what they, uh, w w in which way they are directed, so to speak, uh, in, in what they are, are given to play with and, and whatnot. But also, all the way through our educational system, I think we also need to, to uh, make technology, the sciences, Probably more, at, at least in the Norwegian context, we, we, we have to make it more interesting, more appealing, more, more attractive. But the, I think it's, as a leader, it is, it should be common sense. Christina had many good sort of sources for, for proving that it actually pays off. But, but uh, I mean, just the common sense, if we believe that we are, after all, quite equal, we have the same resources, the same creativity, when a company has only 20% women, or in a tech tech area, you only have a very limited uh, amount. It doesn't really make sense because you are losing innovation, you are lo losing creative power, and and at the end of the day, it probably also hurts the the bottom line. So so, so it should it, be common sense actually. Yeah, but is it the women's fault then, Christina? Christina, <laughs> is, it, is, it our, is it our fault? We take the blame. No. What, what do we What do we need to to do? Are we not Are we not trying enough? Are we not equal enough? I'm I'm not sure. It's all about equality. It's about what you were uh, referring to, Einstein. It's about you know how are we actually brought up? Which role models do we have? Uh, which interests are nurtured. I have a daughter who's 10 years old. She's actually in the totally in the target group for the Girl Tech Fest that Uda has been co-hosting together with a number of other organizations. And what we see is that girls come into tech interest in a from, from a different angle than very many boys. Uh, so at the Girl Tech Fest, it was all about how could I create an app for people who had a pet but were going on holiday and then on the other side for for girls or, or children who want a pet but who can't have one to to merge those so it's about the problem solving and even even the girls at the girl tech fest aged between yeah around 12 found apps or, or invented apps or designed apps for uh, refugees coming to norway how they could be integrated more easily and I often say to, I, I speak sometimes at, at uh, educational conferences or, or um, uh, advisors at schools. And what I tell them is, you know, these bright girls, if they want to save the world, because the brightest girls often want to save the world, we have to admit that. It's not by studying only medicine. It's by studying technology and also medicine perhaps could it be that that we have been starting in sort of the wrong at the wrong end of the, of motivation i think we often tend to even when it comes to presenting uh, your company 
I think I must say I'm very inspired by by Simon Sinek. I'm sure you know him, who talks about the big why, purpose, the golden circle of motivation. And I think the point about that we are actually motivated by the purpose, the big why, or even the small why. But why are we doing this? Why do we need technology? And it could perhaps be that the smart, even girls are smart, smart enough to actually focus on more than boys, I don't know, on the big purpose. And if we want to motivate them to, to actually engage and to go into this area, perhaps we should be better at focus on why we need technology. What can it accomplish? We see it with our member companies too. Well, they all have to make money, but that's not the why. They have technology that can actually change the world and can solve our main challenges uh, today. I think that that's uh, perhaps a, a way of, of starting this from from a better angle. But you were um, we we need to go back to why also we're here because on the eighth of March, the two of you, fantastic people, will be presenting the the name of Norway's 50 most leading tech women. And and you will obviously be presenting the Ulda Tech uh, Network, uh, Christina, and you will be presenting Abelia. So we need to go all the way back to the start. What kind of list is this and why do we need it? Christina was there from the start, weren't you? So maybe you should, you should introduce what it is. Yeah, so what we do know is that role models are playing an immensely big role in attracting girls and also women from other industries into tech. And we really need it. There are so many aspects that, that aren't all about, you know, the financial uh, results, but from the society or the perspective of society, why we need diversity. And, you know, there there is big risks and we have a, a big digital divide, actually. And that's why we know that these role models are, are so important. And then there is another aspect. And we at Oda, we're frequently approached by headhunters who ask, well, actually, um, I need more women on my list for this and this job. Do you know any? Uh, we can't find them. There aren't any. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. There are so many amazing women. And that's what we see on this list. They just aren't visible enough. So we need to really showcase these amazing role models. And that's what has been so cool during these five years is that we find new amazing role models that are really lifting Norway and tech and, and really finding the solutions for, for the future within energy, within health, within industry. And they're so inspiring. So how many nominees do you usually get to this list? It's a lot and it's been growing. Uh, this year we had more than, I believe, more than 600 nominations, at least 500 unique names on the list. And of course, as the name says, we then, then have to go through the process of boiling it down to, to 50 women. How do you do that? Well, we have a jury and of course, we have to work for a long time, uh, many weeks to, to do this job properly. They, they all deserve to be treated equally and, and to, uh, that we actually do a, a very thorough job, job. So we, we talk to people, we check the networks, we talk with the companies they are working and uh, we do different things in order to really uh, see that these are women who deserve to to be on the list of Norway's 50 most uh, prominent tech women. You don't check all 600, do you? Yeah. You do? 
Wow. So what criteria, what is it that stands out for for the ones that get on the list? Well, obviously, we've had a focus on really tech and also having kind of a diversity within uh, the list as well, because there are so many amazing candidates. So it can, the important thing is that you obviously have a leading role within tech, but the tech piece stands really strongly. So it's not enough just to 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 be uh, in a leading position in a tech company you really have to to have a leading tech um, role and be really a tech role model as well and then as I mentioned we've been really looking at you know showcasing the diversity among among these women as well can you give an example like what do you mean by diversity here it can be geography, it can be culture, it can be background, a variety of field where you work. It can be industry, as I mentioned, and also what type of role you have in an organization. So I would say that we really have a big variety. Absolutely. And so it's not only those who are uh, data scientists or engineers or really work on, on, uh, on the very very uh, detailed tech side but they can be they can be leaders they can be project managers but as christina uh, say they have to really have a key role and have proved that they are pushing uh, innovations in 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 tech and uh, and lifting this up and we i should also say that we have over the last two years we also focused on on the public sector so it's not only the private sector but also uh, women who work in public enterprises or or, or in the public sector and and who typically because there's a nomination here right so who typically nominates these girls i would say typically it's it's their colleagues wouldn't you say or their leaders uh, christina or there, typically what we see is that it's actually the team members of a leader mm. who find their own boss or um, colleague, uh, colleague mm. so inspiring mm. that they nominate. And then yeah, some HR and, and some actually kind of across just a network and quite a few men nominate. And that's really cool to see. And each year we also make a point of lifting up new, new names. So... In connection with uh, uh, with this event, we also publish a list of women who are definitely prominent prominent in tech, but who has been it for many years or for a longer time. So, in the annual ceremony, we we lift up also mostly sort of new names or, or names who have not necessarily had this much attention before. Mm. Is it is it difficult to make? I've been on in many juries, and we can often sit and sort of go, "No, we don't agree." And I remember, uh, like, when you have to give in, and you go, "Okay, yes, that person can win," and you you actually don't agree. Do you have many discussions as a jury? Yeah, there are some discussions, but but basically, we we put a lot of effort into the criteria and and which way should we think about it and 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 we'll do a lot of work on that so and of course if a person has many nominations you're obviously higher on the list than if your name has only been mentioned uh, once so of course in itself that that helps us to narrow it down but uh, yeah it's a long process and sometimes we have some discussions but uh, we have landed 50 names for for this year as well so yeah. cool i would think that five years is a long time so has these criteria changed over that period? Are you, are you looking for something else now than you did five years ago? 
or are we at the same? I think what we have grown into is obviously, as you mentioned, Ostan, we have included public sector. That wasn't in scope in the beginning because we saw that the private sector had the biggest issue. Mm. But uh, then we saw that that was something we needed to include in order to really announce the top 50. And then I think diversity in the broader uh, sense has become more important both in society for Uda and, and also with regards to the list because we want to really showcase a variety in role models. That's the whole idea. And then I also wanted to uh, highlight that we have been more and more focused on showing those not hidden gems, but maybe not that well-known gems as well. So we've been more focused on having new names on the list. And I, I would also like to add that the, the work we do is more and more urgent. I mean, and that, that's, of course, very motivating because we see that Norway has to change. Norwegian business has to change. We have to make a green shift. We, we have to find new sources of our income. And uh, so the urgency of more innovation, applying new technology, finding new technologies is, is so important. And of course, then, as I said earlier, we have to use all the best talent we can find. And, and finding that also among girls and women is obviously crucial. Yeah. Okay, so this will most likely make a huge impact on the people that are on the list. Um, I, I was so lucky that very early in my career, I was awarded the uh, the best salesperson in the media industry. Um, and I got my name on a lot of lists when they were looking for after sale, for salespeople and, and obviously a lot of uh, job offerings. So is this list then really sort of just helping those 50 women uh, moving around in the industry, getting higher salary and, and new jobs? Are, are you really solving the problem? Because the fact of the matter is that we need more women. And and I need to look to you, Einstein, uh, uh, comes from a sort of a previous um, politician. I personally believe that we need to go um, earlier sort of into the school system. Mm. Um, and, you know, coding, for example, is um, it's like a language. Mm. And we know that we learn languages when we are, we learn them best when we're really young. Why is it that we are still having subjects in school? And I'm not going to mention it because I don't want anyone to not like me. <laughs> but there must be a way to, to, I can say that, to remove new Norsk, new Norwegian yeah. out of the, sorry. <laughs> we out don't of have the to comment this. So system right. <laughs> and, and get coding into it. Like, like there must be... Um, room for that why are politicians just looking at this and not doing anything i, be, I believe things are, are happening and and the understanding that this is so crucial is is coming it's probably going too slow and we see the numbers are they're moving in the right direction the, propor can... the proportion of women in tech is, is growing but it's growing slowly probably too slowly uh, and and i think we have to to do many things also as we talked about early in school and so on but to your question as to whether it only helps those who are nominated and those who win i don't think so luckily and we see it generates a lot of interest uh, these uh, women are from all over norway uh, and from so many different companies it creates a lot of attention in their companies in in their local communities and as um, christina talked about it 
it really gives girls and, and young women role models. And I think that is, of course, only one aspect, but it's a very important uh, tool in uh, in really raising both aware, awareness of the possibilities, but also the challenges we have in, in society. But it's it's going so slowly, Christina. Like we've been on this for um, many, many years. I mean, I've been in the industry for, I don't know, 12, 15 years. And we're still talking about it. Like, is gender equality utopian in, in tech industry in Norway? Will we ever get there? I totally believe so. And that is because tech is becoming, you know, modern life runs on algorithms. So tech is becoming everything. And and absolutely, we need to, uh, not just girls, boys as well, need to know you know, the basis of coding from school. I totally agree with you. We need to get it in there for everybody because they need to know not just how to consume, but how to create technology that can help solve all the issues. But, but what I see also is that, yes, the, the young girls and, and the young boys who are also role models, That's one kind of front. But then we also need to get more women from other industries to learn about tech and see that tech is actually the way to move forward in their industry. So, And that's where I want to challenge a stand back because the, the, the private sector really needs to work together to, to you know, offer uh, tech education. Uh, and we need to attract all those women in to see that, you know, tech is where it happens. We still really have a way to go. I absolutely uh, agree with you. But I think together on many fronts, obviously the school system, we need to have more studies. We need to include tech into, you know, when people study medicine. I know that started, but we need to increase it. Uh, and then also talking about education, the continuous learning, the growth mindsets, you know, that are my my passion. I think we can get there together. Absolutely. Of course we can. <laughs> But um, I think it's kind of interesting, this list and, and having role models. And, and, and I, was, I was going to ask you, both of you, so who do you think has been the most influential person in the tech industry and, and preferably a woman? Because uh, I think um, we're lacking um, a lot of, of names here that we're not aware of, of the influence that women have actually had throughout history. Mm. So... I, I thought about, if you are up for it, though, um, okay. that maybe we could play Jeopardy. And this is unfair to you, Christina. And do you want to tell her why? Well, it could be because I'm a very old man, so I remember Jeopardy. But <laughs> <laughs> you may have heard about it, Christina. But I, I actually, I guess you're, you're pointing to the fact that... Uh, Sometime late in the in the previous millennium, I was actually uh, participating in Jeopardy in in here in in Oslo. In and, uh, yeah. So, yeah, and apparently you won twice. I've heard I as did. well. I so, did. but not on the tech was not the subject. Exactly. So um, <laughs> let's do that. Um, uh, the rules are very simple. Um, I will start to read, um, uh, and then you answer who is, mm -hmm. and uh, the moment you understand who it is. So do we say our name? Or oh, you just scream out. It doesn't matter. This is okay, not, it's not that on. serious. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, okay. So born in 1969 in Washington, D.C., attended Harvard as an undergrad and for business school. 
Her early career uh, took her to the World Bank and then the U.S. Department of Treasury. Who is, can I say it? Yes. Who is, I believe it was Sheryl Sandberg? That's correct. Is it so that I then finish off the, so that ahead, everyone... There, 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 is, there is more interesting to hear, isn't there, about her? There is. Um, she, had, uh, she was VP of online sales and operations at Google. Then she had, and she still has actually, the COO role in, in Facebook that she um, joined in 2008. And then she um, actually published and wrote a book called Lean In, Women, Work and the Will to Lead. Have you read it, Dostan? I must have been. T- I haven't. No, no. no. And what about you, Christina? Have you read it? Of course, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one of the most interesting chapters that I, when I read it, was the the chapter called "Choose a Partner," mm-hmm. because when I read that, I sort of go back. Um, I met my husband when I was uh, just before I turned twenty five. Like choosing a husband. That is all about the good looks. Is he kind, funny? Do we have the same interests? Like, I never thought about the fact that I needed to choose a partner. I thought about it when I got children and I started to work. Like, so it's kind of interesting. Did you think about it when you chose a partner, Estan? I was slightly older than you, but I guess it was the, the list of criteria were quite similar. And and you're right, uh, the list would have been a different one if if you had to make that choice when you actually knew what it what it took. Definitely. Yeah, Christina. Well, I actually grew up with a very uh, modern mother who has been my role model my whole life. Who's been you know a general manager and always had a career. And who, who um, one of the first books I, I read in, in when I started school was Girls Who Riot, Jentene Gjør Opprør. So maybe somewhere in the back of my mind, and I actually married and I'm married to an Austrian. And the Austrian society isn't as modern, I can say. Quite conservative. Quite conservative, <laughs> quite religious, quite conservative. And we met in Switzerland when we were studying there. But somehow I managed to find a super modern partner and a partner for life in career. And we are, I think, each other's mentors. So I totally agree with with Cheryl. And then kind of um, also goes back to what do we teach our daughters and sons in yeah. finding that partner? Yeah, because it's kind of, and it's same for me, I've been also very lucky in sort of having a someone that guides you and, and, and you that you can discuss Supports with. But it's, it was pure luck. Like it was not what Maybe I was looking for. What I was looking for. All right. Okay. So one no. Um, then um, here's the next one. Born 1815 in London, often referred to as the world's first computer programmer. Who is Ada Lovelace? That's correct. It was her notes on the analytical engine that Alan Turing used as a form of inspiration for his work on the first modern computer in 1940s. It's, that is kind of amazing, isn't it? It's very amazing, and it's amazing how early this, I mean, when you start reading when she was born and how early this uh, came about, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. I'll, I have one other for you. One, one. This is very, Is very this the last one? Or you? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Um, born 1914 in Austria, self-thought inventor, film producer and film actress. She was awarded a patent in 1942 for her secret communication system designed 
Who Who's is Hedy Lamar? Uh, <laughs> we could have said it, but she's actually called Hedvig from my Austrian husband. I know she's actually from Austria. That's correct. There you go. But this is, I don't think many people know this. So uh, this frequency hopping system was intended as a way to set radio guided torpedoes out of off course during the war. But the idea eventually inspired the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi yes. GPS and Bluetooth technology that we all use today. Interesting. And what is yeah. so cool about her is that she was she was an inventor, a tech lady mm. and a movie star. Mm. I know. And if you look at her, a picture, she's so beautiful and so sort of fashion. And yeah, that is cool. Okay, I think you both had that one. So there's one final one. <laughs> all right, okay. all right. This, um, I, I have a couple, uh, but I'll go for this one. Born 1967 in the US, African-American electoral engineer who worked in the biotechnology field of gene tech. Novartis Vaccines, Diagnostics, and Merck. In 2011, she founded Black Girls Who Cult. is Kimberly? You want to say it together? Uh, Brian. Kimberly Brian. Oh, <laughs> very good. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I think everyone knows uh, what Black Girls Code um, is. But very good. I think I'm impressed by you guys. But we're not finished yet, are we? Oh, do you want one more? <laughs> no, we okay. actually have one for you. Okay, I, I can give the sort of explanation and you give the answer, Christine. Is that okay? Well, if she can't guess it, then... Uh, do, you, uh, do you have one for me? Of course, all right. Okay. <laughs> oh, we I'm nervous now, here. I'm really nervous. Okay. Okay, and, and going back to our previous conversation, of course, the answer is very simple. It's one of the most, 50 most influential tech women in Norway. Yeah, and not only that, she's an amazing uh, role model. The jury said when we when we uh, met a couple of weeks ago and, and uh, decided on the list, and she has quite a long-standing career in in the Norwegian tech industry, but not only in Norway because she has even been an evangelist at Google in Silicon Valley. <laughs> the plot is thickening. <laughs> How many Norwegian women have been an evangelist at Google in Silicon Valley? Are you kidding? Is it, is it me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed to say that. Okay. Uh, who, uh, oh wow! Congratulations! Uh, Congratulations! You are on the list well, this year. Um, this was uh, kind of a surprise. Um, I have. Um, I have kind of. I, I think I've hoped to be on the list uh, a couple of years ago when I thought, oh, I was young and inspiring. And I think <laughs> maybe I, I sort of gave up and thought, okay, now it's it's gone. Oh, that was really nice. Wow. Um, now I have a lot of other questions for yeah, you guys. You <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, but, um, um, oh, it's um, it's hard to get news like that on um, uh, without knowing about it. And there is a responsibility, obviously, you know, with being a, a very prominent role model. And I know you are already, which is why you are on the list. But I, I just wanted to say that because you said, oh, it's just going to promote their careers. But it's actually so much more. Because what we've seen is that these the, the women who are on the list are so much more conscious of their role uh, as role models. Um, and so there is a, a big responsibility, and I, uh, but I know you'll be uh, amazing <laughs> I, at it. Today. Oh, yes. I noblesse will, oblige. 
I will do yes. my best. It's a, it's an honor. But let's finish off with who's your role model, Einstein? In and, life? Well, yes. As a leader? Yeah. Well, it's very cliche, obviously, to say it, but I'm, I'm reading Barack Obama's book now and uh, his drive, his... Uh, his purpose, his uh, willingness to to also make personal sacrifices to sort of change the world for the better. He did it in a big way. The rest of us can perhaps hope to do it in a in a smaller and more limited way. But I I think there are so many things uh, about Barack Obama that inspires me. So what about you, Christina? Oh, there are so many actually. Um, I did mention my mother. Yeah. Uh, she's probably the most influential one, uh, at least over the years. But then obviously there are role models uh, with regards to, you know, um, both tech and, and you've mentioned some amazing ones. But I, I also think, and that, and that is something I think for all of the UDA, 70 UDA volunteers who've, you know, used 100,000 times over the last years working to for diversity, uh, it's it's those that actually push uh, for progress for society. Yeah, and so so obviously Cheryl Cheryl Sandberg, actually also Michelle Obama. Even though she's not that much into tech, uh, it's something about the, knowing you know that you can actually make uh, a difference at least together. So we have both uh, business leaders and students listening to this podcast. So I just want to um, ask. Uh, one of you, um, and then you can choose yourself. Like, but I want one advice for a business for the business leaders. What do you guys want to see more of? And then I also want for the students. Like, what advice is it that you got somewhere during your career that has kind of helped you the most? That you think others can also um, get something out of? I can try and start off by um, saying something about being early in life, being a student, um, wondering what to do. Uh, I think it's not necessary to make a very limited choice or a choice which says exactly that I'm going to do this in 20 years and in five years I want to be there and there. But it is important to, to build on your strengths to um, study and learn things that you enjoy and that challenge you, but also that where you find sort of extra energy, you, you, where you feel that there is, a, there is a link between what your values and who you are as a person and, and what you can actually do. So I think that would be sort of a very broad advice, but also I think a workable advice when it comes to sort of choosing direction in, in life and in work. Mm. And what about you then, Christina, could you give what you want to see more of from business leaders? Well, I mean, since the, the topic of this conversation is about diversity and inclusion, and I think we've kind of proven over this pod that, that it, it actually brings value both to the companies and to society. I have one really specific advice, and that is to make diversity specific factor both when you employ find new talent and also when you put teams together and it's not just about gender it's about all forms of diversity uh, but make it actually a, a specific criteria so that's one piece and then 
obviously coming from the growth mindset piece going you know going into tech and going into things that we don't know anything about we can learn um so so and, and it's really tough to put that time aside in these hectic times to learn i know it for myself and and for my managers and 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 team leaders you know set aside time to to really learn new things and learn about tech obviously and with that thank you so much both of you and and thank you again for the being nominated on this list that was um uh, that was uh, amazing thank well you deserved. very well deserved thank you the power of women is not something you should take lightly I understand you lived in Africa and got the experience, the strong position Ugandan women have with the family. And Christina has experienced hands-on the incredible success diverse businesses have. I think what we can take away from today's episode is that the tech businesses, and indeed the world, would stop moving without women. My guests both share passion for diversifying tech and have a true desire to change the world. You have just listened to an episode of Game Changing Minds, a podcast brought to you by Oslo Business Forum in collaboration with Huawei. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share the podcast if you find it valuable and be sure to listen to our next episode if you want to discover more about game changers and what we can learn from them.